You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey, I'm Sunny Megatron from American Sex, a podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of fuck. Ooh, that's kind of a trashy first impression, isn't it? I'm so sorry. Okay. <clears throat> On American Sex, Ken Melvoinberg and I explore our guests' deepest, darkest sexual secrets, hangups, fantasies, and victories. Each episode reminds us that in this fine country of ours, no matter our differences, we all want and deserve the same thing. Freedom and happiness and f- find American Sex on iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcast services, or at americansexpodcast.com. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know uh, the people behind the camera and in front of the camera, and you're thinking to yourself, "I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to HotMovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code Holly for 20 minutes free. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item. Something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Today on the show, I'm super excited to have Aaron, or otherwise known by his stage name as Small Hands. Do you want to know why he got such a strange stage name? He's going to tell us all about it. This is Joanna Angel's husband, and if you listen to my episode with her, she talks about their amazing wedding in Las Vegas on Halloween. It is epic, and he's just as hilarious and interesting as his wife is. He's somebody that everybody in the industry adores, and this is a really, really fun episode. It also gets really personal and really deep, and hes um, I think you're just going to absolutely fall in love with this guy. So let's welcome Small Hands to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Happy Wednesday. Today in the studio, I have male performer of the year. Where? (laughs) Where is he? Show me. Small hands. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. That was a very nice introduction. You're very welcome. Um, So right off the bat, my first question for you is... Uh, where'd you get that name from? Mm-hmm. Diving right into the deep stuff. Because yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it is an unusual name. It's a stupid name. We can just get it <laughs> right out there on the table. It is dumb. Um, basically, long story short, uh, I never expected to have a porn career. Uh, I was just Joanna's boyfriend at the time. And uh, I, you know, I owned a business in San Diego. I played in bands. I was doing all kinds of other things. Um, I had a whole separate life. Mm-hmm. And at some point, she said, well, if, if you can just do scenes with me for for our for my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're free labor. You're mm-hmm. free talent. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. Just was like I, I don't have to pay a guy if you can do this job. And of course she's like, you're not getting paid, bro. You know, <laughs> you know that you're helping the team here. You're helping my company because you know she owned uh, uh-huh. Burning Angel for so many years. And and um, I didn't want to do it. 
<laughs> at all. I, I would be on set, you know, and I would watch both mm-hmm. the good and the bad of, mm-hmm. of male performers. I mm-hmm. watched them at their best and at their worst. And I was like, man, this is like a crazy stressful job. There's yeah. absolutely no way I want to do this. <laughs> fantasy and uh, went right out the window, huh? Yeah. Well, I never really had a fantasy of it. Even when I started dating her, I had no secret like aspirations of, oh, maybe one day I'll be in a movie. It was yeah. like, I just thought it was cool that she did it. And mm-hmm. it was a, a lifestyle since I came from music and bands and touring. Mm-hmm. I I, it was similar, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it was a fun, fast life and filled with excitement. And that's what I enjoy. Um, so fast forward to this terrible name. Uh, <laughs> first scene ever, I didn't even think about a stage name. I was so nervous just to get my dick hard in front of people and, you know, yeah. everything that comes with that. So I, I just put Aaron, my real name down. And Joanna's like, you know, no dude, like idiot, <laughs> you know, yeah. put something. And I was so frazzled. And she's like yelling at me already in still, like ready for still. It's like, <laughs> hurry up. It doesn't even matter. No one's ever going to care about you, you know, just ber- just berating me. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, I, I was like, okay, uh, small, small hands, sure. Because um, I have little hands and little feet. Uh, for a grown man, and most people think that, that equates to small other things. They're not like again. This was a, a oh, they're the same. They're like they're like the, they're same, like the size same size as, size as yours. Or yeah, this, this is weird. Or, or maybe little. We're having yeah. a moment. <laughs> and I wear like a, a size eight and a half shoe. You know, it's not. Oh that my big. god, you and I could like share shoes. Yeah, yeah. I have huge feet. All right. I'm well, like good, good to know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll swap under the table at some point <laughs> in this hour. Uh, so I just I just put it down because I couldn't think of anything else. And it, it to me, it sounded like an old like baseball player, like small hands up to the plate, you know? <laughs> take a swing and a miss, okay, or like a like an old gangster mob. I don't know yeah. what the hell I was thinking. I wish I would have rethought it, but um, I put it down. I and here we are, <laughs> six years later. <laughs> you never thought about changing it. Uh, I did for a brief moment, and when I say I did, uh, Joanna, um, uh, Wicked Pictures almost forced me to change it. Uh, yeah. The very first uh, f- big feature I ever did, mm-hmm. and I uh, was the lead, and it was also the one of the first times ever anyone took a chance on me outside of Burning Angel right. with Stormy Daniels, and she wrote a movie where I was the lead rocker guy, and mm-hmm. I did the whole movie. It was awesome. It was like my first experience doing a big movie like that. And I had so much fun. And, and then we get a call from Wicked and they were like, what is his name? We can't put small hands on a box. This is for like housewives, like Wicked Passions. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. like, it makes no sense. Like, and you know, they were like, no. And and yeah. they were expecting us to, to say, okay, you know, whatever. And join us at uh, we're building a brand. Um, just don't put his name on the box then. We don't care. <laughs> and, you know, Joanna's Joanna. She's like, well, he got paid for his work that day. We cashed the check. I don't, she's like, who cares about his ego? Like, don't put his name on then. Like, whatever. <laughs> and uh, uh, so that was the only time for a second um, I thought about it or, or I, we wondered, like, oh, mm-hmm. or, or should we even – should we just do this? Like, it is pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. But I'd been using it for, like, a year at that point and I don't know. So do people just call you – like what do people call you on set? Do most, they call you Aaron or most, do they say like small? Most people hey, – small. Small. Mr. Hands. Hands. Hands is probably the, the second. They call me Aaron mostly because I request it because I, yeah. I think – You don't want to be called small? Uh, I'll, I'll answer to anything. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I even use Aaron on camera as much as I can because mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. I just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hands is probably the usual I hear it across from me. Hey, hands, you know, give me the lube. Yeah. Hands, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again. Um, I remember the first time I met you. And I was shooting Joanna. She had hired me to shoot her. And I remember this well. Yes. And she was going to do her boy-girl scene with you. How many scenes had you done by that point? Do you remember? That was very early on. Yeah, um, you were still pretty new. I had – I'm pretty sure I had only worked with her. Yes, I definitely. hadn't worked with any other girls. I don't know, maybe like five, Yeah, because like. it, it was – that was my first like – I'd never seen like a, a rig before and, you know, like I <laughs> yeah. knew who you were and your legacy and everything. And I was like, you know, and of course, Joanna being the um, very supportive wife, she is just, you know, like on the drive off, like, this is fucking Holly Randall. Do not, you know, you better do good job. <laughs> like, like, you know how much money this costs, you know, good, like, don't embarrass me. She's a legend. And I'm like, yeah, I know. God, fuck. You know? And so, uh, yeah, totally. No, no sweat. No. <laughs> I remember being very stressed out that day. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I remember that. Cause day. I remember she was like, I was, I think we were shooting pretty girls and she was like, that's my new boyfriend. Isn't he so cute? I'm like, he's adorable. I was like and a deer like, in the he's headlights. So <laughs> great. She's like, he's so great. I think like, this is the one and da, 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 da. And, 
And afterwards I was like, I really like him. I'm like, I give you my stamp of approval. You are allowed to be with this man. Really? Even after that, I, I know the scene wasn't like, was the be- it, I don't remember it being bad. I, well, maybe I you just, probably had really high expectations as to how you were going to perform. And it wasn't even from what I recall. It was fine. It was, Oh, thank you. I'm glad that's the. I, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, like a scene's not usually going to stick out in my head unless, like, you couldn't get hard at true, all, true, or it took you like an hour to come. Otherwise, right. no, it wasn't like guy, that. I think I was more. I didn't know how to open up. I didn't. Mm. I I honestly didn't know how to perform at that point. I just was like, okay, I know how to get my dick hard, mm-hmm. and even that, you know, I had to learn over time how to do that a little more efficiently and, mm-hmm. and smoother. But I didn't know how to give you a, a good scene per se. And yeah. so I left thinking, I'm like, you know, like Holly shoots these legends and I'm like, oh my God, she's probably like what going home. Like what the hell, you know, this mm-hmm. fucking schmuck. And I also, since I didn't really like want to be there, uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh man, like, well, if she never like even like, talks to me again or says hi, that's cool. Like, you know, <laughs> it's so funny how we all like, it, we can have the, completely yeah. different interpretations of a situation and like, it can be so, so inaccurate. Yeah, no. Because I'm the first person to assume that someone doesn't like me. I'd be like, that person doesn't like me. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Just right off the bat? Yeah. Or just, yeah. It, why? Because I, I, I. Is that how you like to like start? Like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to assume. No, I don't know. I just find myself to be like kind of super annoying sometimes. And so I just, I don't I've know. I've never thought that about you ever. But That's maybe we haven't spent enough time <laughs> together. <laughs> but at the end of this podcast, you might be like, yeah. wow, she's really Hold annoying. On, let's circle back to that. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, dumb names, uh, good times. So how was your first, okay. So you talked about how, um, you know, you weren't sure how to like, how, how you've actually improved on your method of basically getting your dick hard and stuff like that. So can you kind of tell me like, cause so many guys want to be porn stars and they mm-hmm. think it's really easy and they think it's like the simplest thing and you know, they have a big dick and they can fuck their girlfriend at home in the privacy of their own bedroom with nobody else watching for long periods of time. So therefore they could be a porn star, but they are so wrong so, um, yes. dispel the fantasy for us. Like, what is it like actually, like coming from somebody who really kind of sounds like you got strong armed into it? Yeah, yeah. I was sex trafficked into this uh, <laughs> business by my wife. I love you, babe. <laughs> Wherever you are. Uh, no, um, basically, you know, going into this, uh, I, I had lived a life of like, I toured the world in mm-hmm. bands and I had, I, I'd had a lot of sex in, mm-hmm. in my like late twenties. Um, so I wasn't like a new to a sort of like, you know, like a sexual sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. and, and, you know, different people. And obviously I, I love women and, and, um, you know, but again, that's like saying I can fuck my girlfriend at home or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, so you do have to though have, I think some of that initially to start with, but mm-hmm. then this is where it's like, okay, well, that's all well and good. Oh, I got a big dick. Well, I got a six pack, like whatever. Uh, then you have to go, okay, well, I have to perform actually though. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just standing there that, and that's also not the same sex as you have at home. It's really yeah. different and you have to learn. It's, I, I kind of like jokingly with Joanna always call it, it's half ballet, half MMA, and like, cause it's the same sort of like, you know, when that light's on, when the bell rings, that is your time. You're expected to be ready. You're expected to like be at your best mm-hmm. and everyone's watching mm-hmm. and all the lights are really on you and you have your, your partner in the ring or in the bed or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and you're both doing your dance, you know, and that's when the rhythm kicks in and that's when it looks good. And it's a performance between two people and, and the chemistry combined with, you know, their, their, their knowledge of what they're doing, uh, and how it looks, uh, to the viewer. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't do good, just like in MMA, you might get popped right in the face, fall on your ass, and everyone's looking at you or laughing at you or waiting, mm-hmm. you know, like going, what the hell? Yeah. And so you have this this really, really intense roller coaster of absolute highs and, you know, soul-crushing, demasculating lows <laughs> if it doesn't go your way. Um, and that's where it's most people can't hang because yeah. like a roller coaster – and believe me, the, the highs are high and the lows are really low. And, you know, I'm a human being. I'm the first to admit that I'm, I've had days where, uh, not many, thankfully, but a couple in the early, but again, as I was learning, um, where I, you know, go home between my tail with between my legs, uh, like twice, I think. But you couldn't perform? Uh, well, like the first time it ever happened, um, I was really hungover. And again, I was learning. I didn't, mm-hmm. 
I didn't do it on purpose, but I thought I was Superman. And, you know, I always in my, my young band days been able to drink and party all night. And so, uh, I actually, this is a funny story if you want to know. Oh, I do. Uh, I had a very wild threesome with Joanna and another, uh, female performer. Uh, and this is, you know, way early, early in the days of, you know, I, I barely was performing, you know, maybe one or two scenes mm-hmm. a month. Um, and I even remember the night before I was like, you know, they're both at the house, you know, dancing around, getting cute, and they're coming on to me. And I'm like, guys, I got to, I got to work tomorrow. I was already kind of stressed about mm-hmm. it. You know, no, come on. And of course, I'm only a man. And uh, after a few minutes, of you weren't being, working for Joanna the next day. No, I was working for uh, a different. I was working for my quasar. That's why Joanna was like, fuck it. Well, and no, and you know, she's like, you'll be fine. And so next thing I know, it's like three in the morning, and we'd all been fucking and mm-hmm. having some drinks and. And then the next morning comes and I wake up and I'm like, oh God, I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, real good hangover. Like mm-hmm. not, you know, even if I had an office job, this would be bad. Yeah. And so, but you know, like, oh shit. Okay. Well, here we go. And shower and kind of try to slug a bunch of water. And we, we start doing the scene and, um, halfway through, it, it, half of it was fine. And then halfway through, you know, my body just, Boom, I went white. Like, I'm just sweating whiskey all over this poor girl. Thankfully, she was a, a Spiegler girl, total pro, won't say her mm-hmm. name, but, but, you know, okay. bravo for, you know, she was amazing. She was, <laughs> she was an angel. She, she really, uh, had it been someone more difficult, yeah. <laughs> they could have you're, really, yeah, cause uh, your hangovers can hit you. And mm-hmm. believe me, I'm an expert on hangovers. Mm-hmm. They can hit you like um, in the middle of the mm-hmm. day the next day. Like, my hangovers usually weren't so terrible that specific morning mm, but mm. like midway yeah. through the next day then it would fucking hit me and i feels like and so it hit me uh in the middle of the scene my dick goes soft i'm sweating it's just not good for anyone it's embarrassing and you know after like joanna always you know she gave me the i come from the the combat boot camp school for male performers of mm-hmm. joanna angel and she said uh, here's the unwritten rule is uh if you need to get your dick hard you have about 20 minutes yeah maybe half hour of whatever it is y'all got to do individually, separately. Yeah. More than that, you're just being disrespectful to the girl, the crew. You're, you're wasting everyone's time and you need to be a man and know your body and know when to call it. Mm-hmm. And so that. That's actually great advice. I never really she always about told that. She's like, you know, God forbid you have these days, but if you do, here's how you professionally like salvage this. And A, you don't look like, you already look like an idiot, but you know, yeah. you don't look like an asshole and no, you, you don't make the girl feel bad. You know, you don't make the. You don't make anyone wait longer than, you know. They have to, right. So, so I did the professional thing. I said, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, this is oh, my fault. Like, holy shit. I go home. Thankfully, again, the girl was amazing. And Mike uh, was a friend of mine. And, you know, he he knew there wasn't anything, like, malicious I did. He yeah. was like, you're just an idiot. You know, you have to learn how to – you have yeah. to learn. And so we finished the scene the next day because it was half done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the girl was cool about coming back. So, whew, you know, like. Yeah. Dodged a big possible, uh, pro, you know, like just thank, thank fucking God. I don't believe in that. That girl was so cool. And Mike was so cool. Um, mm-hmm. but it was a huge learning experience. I mean, I drove home just probably the most humiliated I'd ever been. Cause you know, this happens in front of a crew and there's lights and I mean, it's awful. So all you big, all you big been... talking guys, you know, like, like imagine that. Yeah. And like, how, how, how cool are you now, bro? How's your abs now? Like how yeah. big is your dick now? No. Yeah. And so. But it's humbling, and I was like, okay, like, hold on, I'm not Superman, you know, I'm not nothing. And I, I called Joanna on the way home. I told her what happened. I'm like, this can never happen again, ever. Yeah. And so, learning, I was like, okay, well, no more fucking partying like this. No mm-hmm. more, you know. Yeah. I had to learn with, with my body and my mind what I have to do to prepare for this job, and it's kind of a lot. So. Yeah. With with a, a a really cool like life that not many people get to lead, it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's probably like the story I can tell. To it's not even to dissuade anyone, but like, do you think you can make it through a day like that and to come back, smi- you know, figure out how to, uh, you know, like, like that's pretty brutal. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's rough. And the, and the problem is, is that from a producer standpoint, a lot of times, like, they won't hire you again. Well, and then it didn't matter how nice of a guy I was yeah. or how on time I was or right. how cute maybe a girl. Like, it, pff, yeah. like, dude, if you can't do the fundamentals of your job, which is really firstly to get your dick hard and, you know, then to, to deliver up whatever a good scene is to, mm-hmm. to those people – Again, the other things are sort of superfluous and, and don't really matter. And it, it's like a, a if 
Hollywood actor is like the nicest guy in the world and the coolest guy to like get a beer with, but he can't remember his fucking lines. Yeah. He's probably not going to get asked back. Right. Right. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, man, it's a, it's the most difficult job I've ever had to do. And I've had like four whole careers before porn, like full on careers. Mm-hmm. It's the most rewarding and it has the, and it's the, just the, the most difficult yeah. for sure. But you kind of have your system now. I mean, you just mm-hmm. won a big award. I've won a couple. Which one are we talking about? You won. Okay, so at Xbiz, you won Male Performer of the Year, right? Yeah, and I won. Uh, you won Best Actor best too, right? Sex Scene, Best Supporting Actor. I won Best Supporting Actor at AVN this year. I didn't stay for the AVN uh, Awards, but I stayed for the Xbiz. Yeah, no, I, that's I, why I remember that. Yeah, I have a, a few, but the Male Performer of the Year one obviously is the the big one, the big the big one in the house, and uh, that was that was wild. <laughs> I was genuinely, genuinely. You were not, very surprised. Not expecting it. No. <laughs> I was so drunk because I, I thought there was no chance in hell I would <laughs> actually be called up. I don't really remember what I said. You were very sweet. You uh, were very cute. Thank God. You were not bad. No, that was great. Um, so another one of your like huge strengths that um, I know people really love about you is uh, your acting skills are really great. Thanks. So thanks. did you ever do any professional acting before you came into porn or is it just something that comes naturally for you? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I have, again, I have a long storied, like very interesting sort of life with entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, growing up in San Diego, I first started playing in bands in church, uh, which is where I learned how to play music. My dad's a Baptist preacher. So I kind of like grew up in like gospel music and stuff. And then I did my first out of town shows with like punk bands when I was 15. Um, and then I just really got into the music stuff. And when I was like 18, I got scouted by a modeling agency in Hollywood. And so I had, I did modeling from like 18 to 20. And at that time I was like on Veronica Mars. I did a couple little, really? like, like, I think I did a Tilly's ad, one of the first ones. I was, you know, really young. Um, this is all probably like I graduated high school in 2000. So early 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did, a, I, I've like dabbled in everything in entertainment my whole life, but probably the biggest thing I've done consistently is play music. So I know how to be on stage. I know how to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know how to, you know, do, 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 whatever. You know? <laughs> uh, so I don't have formal training and mm-hmm. I, and I've never like, like professionally been a, a Hollywood actor or something, but I've like kind of been in front of a camera or in front of a stage or in some form in front of an audience mm-hmm. like since day one. Right. Right. So it was something, so you're very comfortable in front of the camera. Oh yeah. 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 And when I was a kid, I think, uh, you know, everyone, when you're really young, it's like, oh, I want to be an astronaut or I, I wanted to be an actor. I thought it was mm. like so cool, you know? And um, so maybe the, it, now you are <laughs> in, in a sense, <laughs> depends on who you ask. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but it is really fun and I enjoy it. And I, I, I really hope I can continue to expand on, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, so you grew up the son of a Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. So how was that? And how did that segue into you playing for punk bands? Because I can't, I mean, it seems like that's a completely different. It, well, so, I mean, these are such big questions, you know. Um, how was that? Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, the. How do you feel about God now? I like. The idea of God in like a romantic, like Hollywood cinematic sense, because I prefer the idea of like a higher thing than accidents or I don't mm-hmm. know, like a big explosion, even though like I'm also a realist and I like believe in science. But just from an almost a romantic perspective, I like the idea of of God and, and shit like that. Um, but the God of my youth that I was brought up with, uh, I no, I, I don't really uh, – I don't – I'm not like – shouting at the sky. I just don't care and I just don't believe it the way it was told to me. So I kind of like took what I wanted out of religion and out of my upbringing, um, which was certainly some good stuff, you know, basic like Ten Commandments shit, you know, mm-hmm. love your neighbor, don't lie, don't steal, uh, respect people, blah, blah, blah. Um, that stuff was was great. And I think that definitely shaped me to be the person I am. I just left the religion at the door, if you will. Right. Were you, did you believe very much in that when you were growing up and then you completely had a shift when you got older or did you find yourself when you were younger kind of not really buying into it from the beginning? No, no, it was, I totally was 
and again, you know, I, who's to say it just wasn't beaten into me? And when you're young, you're easy mm-hmm. to, to mold. But at least in my young brain, I was really uh, into it. And adolescence was really hard because it wasn't a, a shift; it was a battle. I was always. Uh, Were you made uh, to feel ashamed about like your sexuality? Oh yeah, like I, I would, man, like I would like masturbate and then cry and like pray that I wasn't going to hell over it, and yeah. just you know shit like that. Um, so. It was. It wasn't an overnight thing. It was a long progression. At some point, I just had to go. There's just too much things here that I can't like back to 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 believe it like how I did when I was young. And now that I know all this, uh, you know, like, yeah. like I'll I'll take what I want out of it. I was like, I, you know, there's good here. I don't want to like just shit on the whole thing of my life because I, I I in many ways I led a a, a life that taught me a lot of good things and how mm-hmm. to be a good person. I just was like, all right, well, I'll just leave this nonsense like with my parents. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did your parents feel about that? About my shift? Yeah, I mean, are they still very religious? And mm. do you have a yeah. you don't do you have a relationship with them anymore? Um, I haven't talked to my dad in f- for four years. He didn't come, he didn't come to the wedding. Nothing. Uh, uh, my mom came to me and Joanna's wedding. Um, and she will like sneak me texts, you know, at night. I think when he is asleep, uh, we'll get like a Christmas card, and it'll say from her and him, and it's totally all in her writing. Like, mm-hmm. so she doesn't approve because she's very Christian, very religious. Mm-hmm. But you know, she kind of had that thing where she's like, "Well, I, I'm your mom, and like, yeah. also you guys like are decent people. You know, you're like, you know, I never went to jail. I never had a drug problem. They never had to even picked me up from a party because I was too wasted. I got straight A's. You know, like I was like a perfect child mm. uh, to, to a parent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just caused them no problems and I was good at everything. <laughs> and the only thing they didn't like was at some point I started, I cut, you know, to realize that a lot of what they were feeding me was shit and, mm-hmm. and, and I I just wouldn't stand for it anymore. And so then I got – that's when I started clashing with them. And once I hit 18, I just moved out Mm because, again, I I was pretty like – uh, I got a very good work ethic from my from my father. That's for sure. Um, you know, we were really poor growing up. He was the the janitor at the church, same church he was the preacher at. Oh wow! And, I, and he would so at age eight was my first job. I would get he would preach the sermon. We'd all have our potluck. We'd go home, and then at seven p.m. he'd grab me and we'd go right back. Then we, I'd be buffing floors, scrubbing shit out of toilets, and um, it was just because you know unless you're a preacher on TV, you don't make anything. And mm-hmm. um, so that that stuff was like oh this you know it's why I, I got a good good, strong work ethic. I've never been lazy. But because of all of that, I was like, oh, well, I don't need you guys. Like mm-hmm. once I realized that everything they were feeding me was just, if anything, it was to con- control me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. As a parent to a level, I think you're supposed to control a kid. Yeah. But once they get a little old and they get a little wiser and they get a little smarter, uh, you can either sort of embrace that and help them blossom into the, an adult or you can Put a, try to, to put a lid on it and keep it in this Pandora's box, but that doesn't work. Yeah. So um, at some point, I just stopped being afraid of them, and I mm-hmm. also realized I was like, I think I'm smarter than you guys. And I <laughs> literally, I just went out, I got jobs, I paid my own way through college. I I just left. I was like, you know, again, no animosity. I was like, it was almost like a business deal. I'm like, right. this job doesn't work for me anymore. So I, you know, polite, wish you the best, you know, God bless, whatever. Love your mom, love your dad, but I'm I'm out. I'm done with this deal. And I just never look back. And that's when I started playing in ba- uh, bands and shit. Right. So when did you start working in porn? Five years, six years ago. Was that, I was 30. Was that what prompted the end of your speaking relationship with your father? Uh, no, I wasn't even a performer when my dad stopped. Uh, he just found out what Joanna did. Because the, for the first two and a half years me and Joanna dated, I was – a civilian, you know, yeah. okay? uh, and I, I, when I, you know, realized I loved her and I wanted to be with her forever, I'm like, well, you have to at some point meet my parents and, you know, yeah. and we had discussed it and, you know, I really don't like lying. And I was like, oh, well, they're never going to give you a chance if, if I lead with this. So let's just try to avoid that conversation as mm-hmm. much as we can. And I'd say she hung out with my parents five or six times over the course of a year and they loved her. They fell in love with her. They were so happy. And then one day I got a call from my dad and I don't know who still to this day threw me under the bus um, or, or how he found out. But he just – he was crying and angry and, you know, he's, I, I, I heard this about Joanna. Mm-hmm. And now point blank, I can't lie to my father. Right. Yeah, yes. 
I apologize for, for not telling you sooner, but I really wanted you to get to know her as a person. And I got the, you're going to hell and the da, 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 click. Wow. And, uh, then I got, uh, uninvited to my grandmother's funeral, which really gave me the signal. Like my fan, my dad was like done with me, Wow, which really sucked. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was dad. And again, mom kind of keeps in contact as much as she can. And actually I just, I just saw my mom, uh, for the first time since the wedding. So it's been like two and a half years, uh, Mm -hmm. last month. She, I don't know how she snuck away on a vac- on a trip without dad, and uh, she went to visit my sister in San Diego, and she gave me the I got the the message of meet me here, and so I got to have lunch with her, and that was really cool. Oh wow! Did that put a lot of strain on your relationship with Joanna? That going down with your dad because she must have felt. I mean, obviously it's not her fault in any way, but I can't imagine that she didn't feel like she, no, she about she it. did, um, and I never. Uh, felt that way ever. You know, I'm a Mm -hmm. grown man. I can make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was getting into the second I took this more seriously than casual dating. Uh, But I think what helped us was her family is amazing. Mm -hmm. So they were like, you know, you're ours now, you know, da, da, da. So all her sisters, her her mom, her dad, her her cousin, I mean, her family's enormous. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have more family than I know what to do with now. So the support from them was really uh, a way where it, it stung less. It's interesting because, you know, she, I had her on my podcast and she comes from a pretty conservative, pretty mm-hmm. religious Jewish oh, family, yeah. mm-hmm. but she had this amazing story. And if you guys haven't listened to it, go back and listen to my interview with Joanna about how when she started doing, not even porn yet, I think just nudes, um, how a bunch of like her punk friends like mm-hmm. disassociated themselves from her. But in the end, but her mo- parents embraced her and her mother brought her in and she said that she felt the enormous, um, weight of the support of her family from that experience, and um, that that's pretty incredible. So it's interesting yeah. how you I mean, guys—that's how it's supposed to be, right? Right. It's interesting that you guys both come from religious backgrounds, different mm-hmm. religions, and yep. had such drastically different experiences. Yeah. Well, I think too. She, I don't know. She she never was into the religion aspect, at right? Least, as I hear her recount it uh even when she was young but i i was you know i mean right. i was in church like six nights a week and feeding the homeless you know in like tijuana preach I, my dad used to drag me to public schools and we'd like be like street preachers like crazy people oh. like and i'd get like yelled at by kids like like you know you fucking weirdo like, how did that feel did you really I feel like it. i hated it. did you feel humiliated did you yes. really feel like you were doing the god god's work no no in those moments i that i was like looking at my dad like you are insane like what even if like i believe in like what you are preaching this execution of of it is is madness like mm-hmm. and you know like like you're you're a grown man like standing like like shoving like newsletters in like 12 year olds faces. Like, like this is ridiculous, you know? And also I was not a cool kid at all growing up. I, uh, uh, got really, really made fun of a lot, uh, separate from just being a you know, preacher, uh, mm-hmm. preacher's kid. I had a lot of physical tics. Um, I, I have Tourette's, um, when I was five or six, I was diagnosed with, um, like a mild form, obviously not audio. I can speak fine. Yeah. I've met people with like, but a I have a, I have a, just a little mm-hmm. tick every once in a while. And when I was young, it was more than a little, it was, you know, just, con- I was very, wow. I mean, very, uh, <laughs> uh, do you have it at all anymore? Oh yeah. I just, I know how to control it and it, it's mellowed as I've gotten older, but like my right arm, like Joanna knows if I'm really stressed or tired and I can't control it, like it'll kind of just do this thing mm-hmm. and I'll, you know, or sometimes I'm, um, I don't know, people who know me, I do this thing on my eyes where it's, it, I kind of like do this and mm. those are all the spasms from it. Um, I've heard that when you focus, you don't really have it so much. When I have a task to focus on, it kind of goes away. Yeah. It's, it's in those moments where I'm sitting and just anxious or, or if I'm really tired. But again, when you're young, it just, it's constant. Yeah. You know, kids are fucking brutal. And you know, I, I wore, I had really big, hard. thick glasses, you know, I'm, I'm oh really blind. And, and so now I have all of this and I already feel like just not you know, like just horrible. And now I'm standing out on the sidewalk, like preaching, like, like, and I'm seeing like what, you know, when you're young, like seeing like the cool kids, like the skaters, the whatever, the football players. And they're just walking by, like, like looking at me, like, like, like I was trash, like what, like a fucking just, you know, like a freak. And, and I'm just like, 
all right, like that was also when I started like listening to music and looking at these band guys. I'm like, well, these guys are so cool. If I can play guitar, you know, oh, I want some tattoos. You know, like, I, you know, it, it almost was a case of like, I'm going to create the person I wish I was mm-hmm. because I'm not naturally. Right. And I think my whole life has kind of been like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you really started to, so then you started playing in punk bands. I started playing music and that was like, okay, now I have like something to do. Now yeah. I've, and that must have been a huge relief for you. I mean, what a change in your life, right? Yeah. No, once I, I, I started learning music and again, you start, because I'm a pastor's kid, I started it, in Christian punk bands, and there actually was, and there's a whole scene. Oh, you know of, what? It's Christian punk. So I grew up heavy in there's that. Like a to, lot mm-hmm. of Christian music. Like, um, do you? I don't know. So you remember one one hundred point three used to be the sound in L.A. Do you ever listen to the radio? I'm from San Diego, so that would okay. Be so it used to be the sound, and it was like rock and roll, okay, okay. like you know, like ninety five point five. And they changed it to this Christian rock station. And I haven't changed it off of my radio station on my car yet. So I keep coming to it. But like sometimes I'll like be aimlessly like Mm. going through and then I'm not paying attention. And then I'm like, oh, and like the music's actually pretty good. And I'm like, this is good. It's a good beat. Then all of a sudden it's like, Jesus. And I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. (laughs) I'm going to change it. The lyrical content can be a bit on the nose (laughs) to put it lightly. But But that was weird too because now I'm this awkward church kid who isn't really like real mm-hmm. punk, you know, like the mm-hmm. punk kids at school were like, didn't think I was very cool. Cause I couldn't go to the, the, the real punk rock shows in like the basements or the warehouses or whatever. I was going to church stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And like the church kids didn't really like me cause I wore like eyeliner and painted my fingernails <laughs> and had a dog collar on. So I was always like, just like half a step, not quite mm-hmm. like cool enough for anywhere, but mm-hmm. the music was like a close enough place where it was like, all right, well, this seems to be like where I'll, I'll create myself, you know, right. I'll be something here. And then it, then I just, that was, that's what consumed me. Um, you know, even when I was in college, I didn't really care. Uh, I got an associate's degree and then, um, I got accepted to San Diego state and that summer our band got a record deal. Uh, so I was like, well, fuck school. I'm going to go be a rock star. Look at yeah. what's happening, you know? And, and then that was like a whole era of, you know, my early to mid twenties touring in a, a broken van with my best friends, you know, <laughs> just living off like stolen nachos from Seven Eleven <laughs> and whatever, you know, girl I could flirt with enough to get a shower at her apartment that <laughs> night. Um, and that was amazing. That was so much fun. Um, and then, you know, your late twenties hit and the, not really making money or being the rock star. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually never cared that all the guys in the band started to kind of give up. Um, our record label kind of folded and this like six figure deal we had never really materialized. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like left in San Diego uh, and I started a, a company, a business, a, a graphic design and like printing company. And I made mm-hmm. merchandise for bands and me and a couple other band buddies, you know, another failed bands. We were all just doing yeah. that. Uh, and I was bartending and I, was, I started to study to be a sommelier because I thought that sounded fun. And um, that's when I met Joanna. So that leads us to that. Yes. And I want to get to that story. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. But actually, yes, I wanted to get to that story. So fucking amazing segue. Yes. All right, we'll be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Care Of. I've recently been on a big health kick, and though exercise and clean eating are both really great things to get you on track to a better lifestyle, you cannot forget about your vitamins. This is why I absolutely love the Care Of vitamin delivery service I've been using for the last few months. Have you gone to a vitamin store lately? There are so many supplements out there, it's impossible to decide what's right for you. And if you're anything like me, you don't have the time to do research and figure out what is best for your body. This is where Care Of comes in. You just go online and fill out an easy five-minute quiz on what your needs are. Do you have trouble sleeping? Do you feel sluggish during the day? Do you have digestion issues or mood swings? Care Of will take all of this into account and creates a personalized vitamin packet just for you. Once you've placed your order, you'll get a month's supply of vitamins delivered right to your door. Your daily dose is sealed in an easy-to-go packet that you can just slip into your pocket or purse, and you're good to go. Since I've been taking my Care Of vitamins, I have been feeling better all around. I have more energy, and I feel more focused. And I know that I'm doing something that's really good for my body. And you can do something good for your body too. 
Go to TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLLY30 for 30% off your first order. Give yourself support this season with a boost, whether you're looking for energy, better sleep, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. That's TakeCareOf.com and use code HOLLY30, H-O-L-L-Y 30 for your special offer. Take care of your body with Take Care of Vitamins. All right, so we are back and we are, you were just about to tell us about how you met your lovely wife, Joanna Angel. Yeah, so uh, I was living in San Diego. Uh, I owned a company, uh, graphic design and printing, and we made merchandise for bands. I designed labels for alcohol companies, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, And I was bartending in nightclubs and at craft cocktail bars on the weekend. I'm kind of a workaholic. I was just going to say, it sounds like a lot. So um, I was doing all that, and at some point, Burning Angel became a client of my company. And for the shirt yeah, merchandise. And, and we shared a warehouse at the time uh, with Toy Machine Skateboards. So it was like our own episode. It was our own, our own like version of like Jackass. Mm-hmm. So there was just half pipes, dogs, tattooed dudes skateboarding around. Drop, like we, It was like a party. It was fucking awesome. And so, of course, we're like, oh, well, yeah, Burning Angels is our client. Like, and everyone knew who Joanna was. We're of all course. fans. We're, you know, yeah, like, it's so cool. We're making T-shirts that say anal on them and shipping them <laughs> off to Joanna. We were like thinking it was the coolest thing. And at some point – um. There was a male performer uh, for an era. He went by the name of Brian Street Team. Okay. Bur- Burning Angel used to hire him a lot. Um, yeah. He worked I- for a couple years. Uh, he was from San Diego, and mm-hmm. he was also in the punk scene. So we knew each other from the music scene in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And at some point, he set me and Joanna up on like a basically a blind date. And, you know, uh, he was like, yeah, you should go out with my friend Joanna. You're single. I'm Joanna Angel, like the fucking celebrity. Like, yeah, like, like, like you just throw her name yeah. out there like she's nobody. And I was like, well, yeah, of course I should. So should everyone. Ha ha, guy, you're really funny. And then he's over here on the other end saying, Joanna, like, I got this friend Aaron. I know, you know, you've been like complaining to me about your relationships or whatever. I think you would like like him. I don't, and, you know, he's like, I don't know why. You guys should just like hook up. We didn't even live in the same town. And um, at some point she invited me uh, after some internet flirting mm-hmm. uh, up on 4th of July to her house for like a, a 4th of July party. So I naturally got too drunk and couldn't drive to Los Angeles because I was nervous uh-huh. uh, to be going on a date with Joanna Angel. Uh, so and I, it's not I, even a date. It's like a party where you're going to go and like yeah, hang out well, with a bunch of people again, you don't I, know. I, she was – I very much knew who she was and yeah. was a big fan and I couldn't even believe that you know it was like real. Yeah. And I just got too I, – I fucked up basically. Yeah. And so the next – so I never even went. I, I, you know, I was wasted. I was like, I can't drive to Los Angeles. Like, and so, I w- I woke up the next day. I'm like, oh my god, dude, you you had like a date with Joanna Angel, and you what? <laughs> you know, get it together, man. And, and so I texted her, and I was like, hey, super sorry about that. That was like not like me. Um, what are you doing today? Like, if you have any time today, I will drive to you. I don't care where you are. Like, like, and and she, I could tell she was annoyed, but she was like, okay, you can take me to lunch. Here's my, you know, here, here here's where I am. It's like four hour drive. Fuck it. Got in the car, went, we had lunch and man, it was like, we sat down and we didn't leave the little bar for like five hours just talking and not even about her job or we were just talking about music mostly mm-hmm. and, um, and like tattoos and stuff. And that was it for for both wow. for both of us, it was, it was just, just like that instant connection. Instant connection, uh, and then I almost blew it again a second time. Not this was like just at coincidence. Well, I made this plan to fly to South America uh, and have sex with this really hot girl I knew um, at a wedding. Mm-hmm. But I made this plan like two months before me and Joanne ever had this blind date. Mm-hmm. So after her first date, the next day, I was like, by the way, I'm flying to Guatemala for a week. Bye. Uh, obviously, I didn't tell her about right. that part. But, you know, it was only one date. So I was like, all right, well, I'll see what happens down there. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I spent the whole trip just in the jungle. I mean, it was in the jungle. In like the hotels, like one bar Wi-Fi trying to email Joanna like pictures and like just say hi. And I oh did, I ignored the girl at the wedding. The whole, I like was like I, – I like looked at her and I was like, she's very pretty. But like I, I'm so like obsessed with this other thing named Joanna. Wow. And so I spent a week in the jungle and I just was trying to like send her messages. Nothing's going through. I have no phone service. And so a week's a long time after one date to just go cold. Mm-hmm. And I, I landed in the airport in America and I finally get phone and it, it was like – like hi from Joanna and I was like I'm back hi and she's like hi let's hang out 
Oh my god! And then, and then it was inseparable after that. Yeah, but yeah, a couple couple of funny uh, almost <laughs> left turns there at the very beginning. Wow! But I mean, it seems like destiny brought you guys together. Yeah. No, I, I knew after about twenty minutes of talking to her, I was like, "There's, there's something, something." Yeah. Much. It's funny how it can be like kind of instantaneous like that. And it wasn't even that I was in love with her. I'm like, I need to like go with this. There's like something here. Yeah. You know? And then I, I got, you know, I fell in love with her a few months in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then it got, you know, blossomed from there. But yeah. Who said I love you first? She did. <sighs> yeah, she did. And, and were you like so relieved uh, to hear that? Because you obviously felt that way. I did. Were you scared to say it? Oh, yeah. I was, I, yeah. Yeah. I was one of those dudes for a while. I was like, oh, I'm not saying that ever again. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You I'm know, just going to fuck all these Mr. Videos. Fucking Rock and Roll. And I was like terrified to say it. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Like that's that's gnarly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, but I felt it, and I I kind of just almost like like vomited it back. You know, like, like <laughs> I love it, you. Blah. It was like more an instinct. Like like I uh, it was almost like shaking too much to even say because I was like, holy shit, is this like happening? Right. And then it was really cute because she was like, cool. So like um, this means after we talk on the phone, I can say I love you. Bye. And I was like, yeah, I. I guess we can. And that was like, and then she was like, dee, dee, dee. like, and I'm like, Oh my, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's very Joanna. Of her. What is the one thing that you love the most about Joanna? Physically or mentally. There's a lot of lovely physical yeah. things about her. We all, we all know that we can fair, see that fair. looking at her. Uh, sh- Joanna is the only person. Oh, now you're going to get me all emotional. Yes. I hate when people do this. Do we have tissues? No, we don't. I wasn't expecting to Barbara Walters you. Sorry. Well, you haven't watched interviews with me, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Try to stay away from this lovey dog. Are you a crier? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Joanna's the only person I feel like who has ever truly, truly understood me completely. That's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, it's <laughs> sorry. That's so great it's, though. I knew it was gonna happen. Uh and in a in an upbringing where I never felt understood or yeah. accepted. That's the other thing. She accepted me. Yeah. Like unequivocally unconditionally yeah. that's amazing I'm so happy for you she's a great girl I heard you guys had an amazing wedding oh, Halloween uh, <clears throat> 2016 I got a tattooed on me in case I forget <laughs> uh, Halloween 2016 we got married in Vegas uh, the grim reaper at 8 feet tall came out of a coffin in a cemetery backdrop that's what she told and, me and uh, we walked down the aisle to Slayer <laughs> And uh, we forced everyone to stand and yell like it was a concert, and it was really cool. And everyone was dressed up because it was Halloween, including ourselves and all the guests. That was like part yeah, of, part of the requirements. Did you ever think you were going to get married? Yeah, yeah, always. Okay, so you. I always wanted to. I yeah. wanted it. Yeah. So you weren't one of those guys who's like, I'm just going to be like punk rock, like bang groupies my whole life. Like I'll never be married. I'll never. Do no, I mean, I I did enough of that. I never even was like super heavy that guy, but. Mm-hmm. Six years in bands, you'll you'll have some sex. <laughs> you'll have a lot of sex, uh, but but I never, um, I never wanted that to be f- forever. Uh-huh. Also, because I was, I think that's a fantasy that most people have because they don't actually. It's like being a porn star. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be until you're, mm-hmm. till you are, or until mm-hmm. you at least get an experience of the reality. And then even it's not that you don't want to, but you're confronted with the reality and not the fantasy anymore. Right. And some of the bubbles may be a little burst and some of the the magic may be a little dull and you know it doesn't mean it's not still awesome but it's right. real you know now now it's real and so i i just uh yeah i don't know now um was there ever any like the fact that joanna was a porn star and had sex with other people for a living did that ever give you a moment's pause at all or did anybody ever give you any shit about that well, those are two very different questions holly uh a moment's pause not like pause like i wonder yeah, like if, I wonder like if I can date this girl for various reasons. Yeah, I no. mean, some people get jealous, other people feel like they can't compare to who she works with. Like It was more that at the okay. beginning. Um also it was like I really want to to like I see how 
cool, you know, cool this world mm-hmm. and this, this scene mm-hmm. can be. But I was like, I'm not here yet. And I need to understand more. It was more like, can you help me understand? Because I was like, I was watching Joe. I'm like, you're so like good at this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a pro at this. Like, yeah. how do I get like on your level? How do I become like this like mental like and just, you know, like you're like a ninja. And I was like, I, I want that superpower because you, I don't think most people have it just yeah. initially. And so it was a lot of like. Sexual ninja. I like that. You know, because I was like, okay, like I know like. I'm not hideous and I know mm-hmm. like my dick is, you know, decent. And, but I'm like, but I, you know, but I'm like, there's like, I'm not Jesus Christ. Look at these guys, you know, like, like, uh, bingo. yeah. Or, or just, you know, any of these, these just absolute beasts, mm-hmm. you know, these otherworldly like men, like I never, I don't think of myself like that now. And I never did before. If anything, I was like, all right, like this is like some David and Goliath shit. Like I'm yeah. like real, like little down here and I need to, figure it out, you yeah. know? And, and so it was a lot of figuring out. So it wasn't pausing. It was more like, Hey, so today you did a gangbang, you came home. I'm feeling all kinds of ways. And, and, it, you know, and, and I, I just, can we talk about this? And like, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not sad. I'm just like, I don't know what I'm feeling. Cause this is a whole new, what, how often do you have that happen? You know, mm-hmm. like, like, and then just to have it start happening regularly, um, and Joanna was so good always about being very patient and, and, um, any, you know, no question was off the tape. Like, just what do you want to know? Okay. This is how this works. You know, sometimes this happens and then da, 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 da. And sometimes I didn't like the answers and sometimes I did, but Joanna was always honest. And at the end of the day, I had a more clear picture, which mm-hmm. over time I'm just like, okay, like I, I get this now. And know? now working in the industry and performing, it must all make sense to you now. Yeah. And well, and it's fun now because it, yeah. it wasn't fun for me, even performing at the beginning because of the stress level and just the, you know, I, mm-hmm. I like things that I know, I know what's going on. I know yeah. what to do. And now that I know this, the game of it, basically it's fun for both of us. I mean, yeah. we, we get to like, like have each other and have this like awesome life filled with adventure and get laid all the time by like the hottest people in the world and, yeah. and still get to like make dinner and walk the dogs at home. It's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you also do other stuff for her company. You're an amazing editor. I wear many hats. So yeah, you edit all of her, her movies and I'm, um, our, I'm basically our entire post-production. So yeah. I'm our graphic designer. I do all the box covers. I do all the music so that we don't use stock music hardly ever. Mm-hmm. All the stuff is scored by me. I play all the instruments. Wow. I compose it. I record it. Um, it's all me. Um, I do all the editing. Yeah. Everything. I can do the CGI for the trailers. Like it's all. That's crazy. One, one man show, yeah. Fuck. I want my boyfriend to do all that stuff. I was actually editing a trailer before I came to the center. I interview. bet you were. Yeah. Joanna's cracking up. She got me working hard. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, when is your podcast with Holly and me over? You got more shit to do. Days off? No, they, they don't exist. <laughs> but it seems like you love your job. Yeah. Well, I'm. If you haven't been able to tell in this little conversation, I, I, uh, I have a lot of energy. I don't mm-hmm. like to sit still. I, I'm a crazy workaholic. And so this life is kind of perfect for me because mm-hmm. it's there's never a dull moment it's never the same thing i'm in front of the camera i'm doing this i'm i'm editing i'm doing this oh i get to jump and play my guitar over here and compose for this i get to design a, a t-shirt for this like mm-hmm. i get to go do this podcast whatever you know and so and that's the life i've always wanted ultimately is just a life of, of adventure and, and yeah man, it's pretty cool yeah so speaking of adventure um let's close out the podcast with one of your wild stories mm-hmm. from your days as a musician you said that you had a you had a couple. Oh, there's definitely a few. Um, there's okay. There's a funny one. The first time I almost had a threesome because it didn't happen. Mm. Um, and then I'll tell you about the first time I did. <laughs> so the first time I almost had a threesome uh, was going to be a boy, boy, girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very right off the jump, we're just yeah. going for it. Uh, I never even thought that it would be weird you know i actually mm-hmm. was always like well that'd be kind of cool with like your friend and you know mm-hmm. like everyone's like you know. anyway so uh it was me and my guitar player in my band and um because we had no money and we're basically homeless at the time we were in literally in our van it's just, mm-hmm. it was disgusting it wasn't like a tour bus it was a van <laughs> with like cheetos on the floor and like <laughs> like farts and fucking cans of miller light and uh, we, we had a, a tv vhs combo that we bolted to the hard floor of the van with like an ikea dresser and like screw oh, like yeah. it was ghetto Wow. Anyway, so uh, there was a girl who really liked our band. Uh-huh. Some would call her a, a groupie or, or whatever you want, but she was a fan. Uh-huh. Uh, and she uh, had I had had sex with her before mm-hmm. individually, and she hit me up and she's like, "Hey, I want to. I want. What are you doing? Like, 
da da da, let's hang out. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm with my guitar player. And she said, well, that's fine. <laughs> like, uh, can I come over? And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, it's the first time anyone's just been so bold like yeah. that. And, and so I'm like, you know, uh, I won't name his name. Yeah. Buddy, th- this really hot girl, you know, you know, girl A, you know, she's coming over. Uh, we'll just call her Nicole. It's not a real name. Okay. Uh, Nicole's is going to come over and he's like, you know, to, to the van. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. She, she said she's going to have sex with us. And, <laughs> and, you know, so he's like, what? Oh, oh shit. Like, oh, okay. And so we're kind of like, we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. She comes over and it's really awkward for the first like 15 minutes. We're listening to music. You know, I think mm-hmm. we're like, he's my guitar player smokes cigarettes and they're, they're passing a cigarette around. And uh, at some point she just, you know, starts making out with me. I'm like, cool. It's, it's finally, we're, we're going down. Mm-hmm. And I look over to my guitar player and he, he got the equivalent of like limp dick or cold feet or I, I don't think he could like get naked in front of me or something. Yeah. Cause she, you know, she was just going very fluidly and, yeah. and it was new to me, but I, I wasn't really tripping on it. And he, he acts like he fell asleep. He, <laughs> he like rolled over and you know, this is a van. So there's not a lot of room. So, and I'm like, this motherfucker. Yeah, right. You're not that drunk past us. There's just no way. And I'm like, you pussy. Uh, so I had sex with her just right next to his lifeless, <laughs> fake passed out body. And I was like, well, at any time he can join in. Suddenly we oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. wow I so, fell asleep for so, there. Let me just jump right in. <laughs> I have like kind of awkward, like van sex with a really pretty girl who really wanted a threesome. And my guitar player who's fake passed out because he pussied out. And then, of course, you know, after she left, oh, oh man, I was just like so tired, you know. And he's giving, I'm like, you motherfucker, that is not true. <laughs> you must have yeah. made so much fun of him forever oh, after I, that. Oh yeah, that that was like the story for him forever. <laughs> yeah. Did he admit to it, or did he try to continue he, to pretend like he'd fallen asleep? It's like the what is it? The tall tales that just get a little more ridiculous, and he yeah. just believes it. Yeah, no, uh, he knows. He yeah. knows. So that was yeah, almost. Almost. And then you actually did have a threesome after that. Oh, and then I did have a threesome. And that was also uh, interesting. Uh, it was two of my f- like friends, just platonic mm-hmm. female friends. And they like planned it. They were like a little older than me. Mm-hmm. And they were like punk rock girls. And there was like a night that we were all at a party. And they like got me a little drunk in a jacuzzi and like straight up like <laughs> took advantage of me. And like – brought me into this room and you know like they both started fucking me and i was like oh my god okay, all right you know and again i'm like i'm down i just didn't like everything in my life i'm like well i didn't see that coming like holy shit okay gotta like adapt what do i do in this situation you know and um and i remember i i, I did it and it was i i have no idea how i performed but mm-hmm. they seemed to be more into each other than me which is totally fair yeah. since it was my first real one and uh i woke up and they were already gone and it was like and they left a note <laughs> and it just said thanks for the dick and XO both of their names and I was like this is so hot <laughs> um, I was like alone like naked you know in some strange bed at a party at some house I didn't even know and these two were I, it was almost like it didn't even happen like, it, it sounds like real. a porn scene yeah it almost seems yeah. like, a, like a dream and, and we never ever hooked up again either like that was the only time with those girls and like I would see them at shows and, and they'd, they'd just give me that look like, mm-hmm. like, like we took your threesome virginity oh my god yeah. that's so funny yeah how cute. Good times. Good times. Well, Aaron, small hands. Thank you so much for coming in. That Thanks, was Ollie. awesome. I wish we had more time, but um Anytime. bring you have to bring you back. And you have to bring a bottle of your Dooms whiskey, not for Indeed. me, but for the bar. I will. I will donate one for the cause. And then where can people actually go buy your Dooms whiskey if they want to uh, go do that? You can purchase it at doomswhiskey.com. That's D-O-O-M-S-W-H-I-S-K-E-Y.com. Uh, and it also has a list of like stores and bars that carry it as well. So all the information can be found there. Fantastic. And then where can people find you on social media? Uh, if you just Google small hands porn, it'll come up. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram at the small hands underscore. Okay. No Twitter? Uh, I believe it's the same. I just, I'm stupid and I don't remember my handles. I think my Twitter is also at the small hands underscore, uh, but I'm easy to spot. So with a, with a couple of clicks, I'm sure you can figure it out. Yeah. I guess you do have a pretty unique name. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to spot me in a crowd <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Go to Holly Randall and filtered um, for all the other information on this podcast. Info, I don't links. I don't know. I I, lo- I ran out of things to say. Well said. Well yeah, said. Know, right? way, way to go out with a bang, Holly. Mm-hmm. 
swinging for the fences here. <laughs> God. Sorry, that was terrible. Anyways, go to hollyrandallunfiltered.com where you can find where you can listen to this show. Um, well, I was going to say, but you're already listening to it, but you can be on YouTube watching this. I am just you're killing digging it. You are killing myself it. into more and more of a hole. And Ernie's just looking at me like, just wrap this the fuck up. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you next week where I promise I will be more articulate. Goodbye. Bye. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today. And a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Next week on the podcast, I am going to have Lotus Lane on the show. Lotus Lane manages industry relations for the Free Speech Coalition, so she's got a lot of really interesting and informative topics to bring to the table. We're going to talk about the Inspire program, the Next Gen program, basically all of these programs that help uh, people in the adult industry with all kinds of resources from medical to legal help to ethics on set. It's going to be a episode jam-packed full of all kinds of useful information. So I'm very thrilled to have her here. So make sure that you come back next week for Lotus Lane on Holly Randall Unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs>